Welcome, everybody, to another episode of The Places Between. I'm your host, Wendy. I'm thrilled for what we have in store for you today as we talk about navigating the transitions of life. Today, we get to hear from an incredible woman and dear friend of mine who I've had the great privilege of seeing transition in life over the years. She's managed to thrive in transition as she's embraced life and all that it has to offer through some pretty major events from college into adulthood, from Denver to Charlotte, even getting to see her step into her calling has been absolutely beautiful. And I cannot wait for you to meet her and hear a bit more of Esther's story today. So without further ado, pull up a chair, grab a cup of coffee and dive in with us to the places between. When you find yourself between here and there, the now and the then, it can feel difficult to embrace life and all that it has to offer, especially when you feel like you haven't arrived yet. Wherever you're at though, we wanna help in that beautiful struggle of transitioning well through aspects of faith and life with The Places Between, a podcast all about transitions. Hi, I'm your host, Wendy. I'm a storyteller and a creative with a passion for adventure, fitness, and faith. What began as a love for travel, experiences, and community turned into helping clients around the country tell their own stories and inviting others to join them. I've always been passionate about people fully living. That means navigating those places between, opening up a safe space to have conversations and encouraging growth along the journey. So join me as we explore what it's like to transition well on the places between. Esther, I'm so excited. This is incredible. Wendy, this is amazing. I love this. I'm so excited to have you on. Thank you for having me. This is awesome. We're going to have fun today. We are. We are. So... I'm sure that we could literally talk for hours about the subjects surrounding transitions, navigating life. But as we dive in, I just want our listeners to get to know a little bit more of who you are. Like, who is Esther? Where do you find yourself today? Um, And then maybe tell us something that the world doesn't get to see. Oh, man. Okay. Well, my name is Esther Sephora, and I am in Charlotte, North Carolina. I have um, the amazing privilege of being one of the associate campus pastors at Elevation Church at our Uptown location. Um, I just became an ordained pastor about a week ago, which is wild, but so fun. I am originally from Colorado. Uh, that's where I got to meet Wendy all those years ago. feels like forever in a day, but yet as if it was yesterday. I have two incredible parents, David and Caroline. They moved from Ghana to the United States about a year before I was born. And I also have a baby brother. And so I am a sister, a daughter, a teacher, a preacher, a pastor. That's a little bit about me. And so in this season right now, you know, with, COVID and with just how church is constantly changing, our campus has been venturing into something new of instead of having one campus, getting to create communities across the uptown Charlotte area. 
And so instead of having one building in the middle of Uptown, we now have a community in South End. We have a community in Noda, which is right outside of Uptown, and then also West Side. So I get to help lead and pastor our South End location as the South End community pastor. So that's been my day. That's been my uh, few months. It's been launching campuses and kind of trying church in the wild. So it's been fun. I love it. Okay. So, and tell us one thing that the world of social media doesn't get to see about you, like a fun little, like, what do you do for enjoyment that maybe you don't always get to share? Man, I honestly, if I could do something for the rest of my life, it would just be to be a beach bum. I, especially moving to Charlotte and being closer to the beach than in Colorado, I love going and being at the beach. So yeah, if you can't find me in Charlotte or in Denver, I'm probably by an ocean somewhere. I love that. I love that. I totally think the beach just represents so much healing. Like put me by water, I'll meet Jesus. Yes, 100%. Everything slows down. Honestly, if you really, if you notice too, like all the cities, places that are near water, they are like so much slower and Mm. And they're never like in this go, go, go. Like they, they all have their boat shoes and like their, their hats. And they're like, listen, life is good. And I'm like, I could live that life. I could live that life. <laughs> Maybe that's your next calling. <laughs> Elevation um, Beachside Campus. Yeah. Elevation Charleston. I am there. <laughs> I'm there. Okay. So how many campuses does Elevation have now? Oh, yeah. That's a great question. So including online, I think our last count was 22. Um, 22 locations. So it's, it's been a blessing. It's been a blessing. Like I said, this year with church has been wild of just learning what to do and the new, the new, it's all new. And so it's been what God's doing. That's awesome. Okay. So I want to back up just a little bit because what listeners don't know is that we've known each other for, oh, I'd say 10 years, maybe a little longer. Um, So one of the coolest things I remember learning about you when you were younger is your, you were going to CCU and you had this incredible opportunity to sing with a New Year's celebration, correct? Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Passion City. Wendy, you're the reason how I like got connected to Passion because, yes, because the first year I went to Passion, it was because Beth Moore was doing a scholarship for college women to attend passion. And you sent that link over to me. You said, Hey, I signed up for this. And so I signed up, I got the scholarship. So Beth Moore like paid for my ticket to passion, which I was shocked. And so I went and I got to meet Beth and then she like prayed and prophesied over me. And that's a whole nother story. But after that, I met so many people there and I met the choir director for passion for the passion conference. And she was like, Hey, we have opportunities for you to be a part of the choir. And I was like, yes, sign me up for that. So then for the next, I think it was two years, two, three years, I would go to Passion for the new year and get to be in the choir and ring in the new year that way. It was amazing. Yeah, Wendy, you started that. Oh, what an experience. I don't think I ever knew that. The funniest thing, what I actually do remember is you responding to me and telling me I should come. (laughs) <laughs> and I thought it was the sweetest thing because I was like, I don't think she knows that I'm older than 25. <laughs> yeah, I had no idea. I thought we were the same age for a very long time. So, but hey, I'll take it. I'm forever 30 
something. Yes. <laughs> okay. So post CCU, you're pursuing a career here in Denver and there's an opportunity that comes up for elevation uh-huh. and you end up taking a leap. Obviously, a lot of us, as we apply for new jobs, we don't know if that's going to pan out or if it's going to be a fun experience or what. Well, it pans out for you and you end up making the move. Tell us a little bit about that. Oh, man. Yes. That was a crazy season because, I mean, the thing was, I was in corporate America in Denver, living my life. Like I had an apartment. I had friends. I was volunteering at church was getting to go on trips and like everything was great. And I, I will never forget it. I was with my, one of my best friends, Daisy. I always take a trip for my birthday every year to a place I've never been to before. And she was always my travel buddy. So we uh, went to Belize together and on my birthday, I'm sitting on the beach in a hammock overlooking the water. And I'm like, this is perfect. And I just heard the Lord. It wasn't like this loud audible, like you're going to change seasons, but there was this out of the sky. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like you didn't see like these sound waves coming out of the sky, but it was just this impression of like, Hey, you're, I'm taking you into a new season. And I was just like, uh, why this is great. We're, we're, what we're doing right now is I'm good. Are you sure? So on the way back from Belize, that's when I was listening to a podcast from Elevation And at the beginning of the podcast, there's this little ad that was like, come work with us. And I was just like, you know what? I highly doubt Elevation's even going to look at my application. I was a volunteer worship leader at Red Rocks. So I was like, you know, let's just throw it out there and see what happens. Like, I highly doubt anything's going to come of it because they're, I mean, it's a global ministry, like thousands of thousands of people apply every day. And then next thing I knew, by that next week, I was invited out to preview weekend to interview, to take a tour and, and to have deeper conversations. And literally by that next Monday, they had offered me a position in our apprentice program, 2K2. And I was just like, whoa, this came out of left field. Like, I was just like, oh, okay. I wasn't even ready for it. They wanted me out there in July. This happened in June of 2017. Um, this happened end of June, the apprentice like rotation was starting in July. And I mean, like, I'm like, I still have a job in Colorado. I still have my apartment. So I went back and broke my lease. I sold everything. I lived with a family for a few months and just prepared myself for this move. And so it honestly, it's the craziest thing I've ever done in my life. I am a very like, this is where I'm at. I'm not moving. <laughs> like, I have my routine. And so to all of a sudden take that leap, like not even anticipating what God was about to do. I was just like, God, I don't know. You said there's a new season. So here we go. Wow. And yeah. Now here we are in Charlotte, North Carolina, almost four years later. Oh, that's so amazing. Even just showing like, that's how cool and the bigness of God is like, yeah. Like we get an inkling of what he's doing and then we have no idea until we like, we get to where we think he wants to take us and then it even gets better. Yes. And I feel like getting a front row view of what you're, what season of life you're in right now of, you know, I think for those that are listening, she kind of just glossed over this at the beginning. Like I just went through, like y'all, she just 
became ordained as a pastor. Wild. I love getting to see like God's fingerprints in our stories. And when, when we don't give up too soon, we get to see like our stories aren't just like an uphill climb to like the top of the top of where we're supposed to be. A lot of times it's like a little high and then a little low and then a little high and then a little low. And there's some low moments in between of like, God, are you sure you called me to this? Yes. Oh, 100%. I mean, I think, so I was in the apprentice program and I was in worship. I've never been on staff at a church. I've just, I've volunteered worship Mm -hmm. and I love worship and I love singing. So I was just like, okay, I'm going to be a worship leader. That's what God's called me to. Yeah. Halfway through this program, the leadership came to me and said, hey, we actually would love for you to try campus leadership. And I'm like, I, campus leadership, I don't, I don't know what that, what does that look like? What does that mean? I've never been in campus leadership before. I've been a worship leader. And so going through that transition was very much just like, God, I don't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Now here I am trying to get a position at this church and be part of this church. And I don't know, I don't know how to be a campus leader. And then after that, the program ended and we started interviewing and I'm having these conversations and interviews and I'm just like, do I have anything to show for myself? God, can I prove that I can, you know, be a campus leader? Can I do this? And it was, it was one of those moments where one, I had to grieve. I had to grieve the dream of being a worship leader. Now don't get me wrong, I'm still a worship leader. I still sing, I still like, worship leading is not just a position. It's who we are. We are sure. all worshipers. Sure, sure. But receiving a position in that in the church was like, is what I had always seen for myself and had anticipated and was running towards. And so when that was not happening, I had to be very honest with myself and with God and be like, okay, God, if that's not happening, I need to just take a moment and grieve this because this is, this is not aligning with what I anticipated. Mm-hmm. And am I okay with letting go of this to be able to take a step into what God has? And so there was a good week where everyone just saw me and I was just weeping all the time and just really understanding like, okay, God, I have to let go of this. And that's, and I think sometimes we think like when God pivots us, we have to be like, all right, yep, God, let's go this way. And I think Lord's like, Hey, you have emotions for a reason mm-hmm. and it's okay to process it. And it's okay to grieve. And it's okay. To, God, I don't, I don't understand. I know you're faithful and I'm a, I'm a get there, but right now I have to like mourn this right now. Mm. I mean, even Jesus wept with, Na- with Lazarus. Like, yeah, it's okay to take a moment to take a breath and recognize, Oh, this isn't lining up, but not stay there. Yeah. yeah. I'm reminded of that verse. Those who sow in tears will, will reap with sheaves of joy. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's appropriate to, when we go through some of the hard seasons of life to be like, God, I'm disappointed. And it feels like you're potentially letting me down or my expectation was this. And it doesn't take away from God's goodness. It just allows us to be real with him. And he never tells us not to question him. Right. He's just, he wants to be included. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I think there's um, Chandler Moore. He says something in feelings album He's like, I want to learn how to mourn and how to grieve with Jesus. Mm. Sometimes we put ourselves in this 
when we are grieving, we have to separate ourselves from God and go, God, I'm going to go over here and grieve and then I'll come back to you. Mm. Like you, I can grieve with you. Like I can be in this with you. You can yeah. be sad. You can be disappointed. You can be heartbroken over something, but like allowing the Holy Spirit, allowing God to minister to us in it mm-hmm. and then carry us through it. And so, especially when your dreams aren't aligning or when there's like this moment of, God, I feel disappointed. God, I feel let down. I thought this is how it was going to go. And now it's not. Honestly, that season taught me like it is okay to mourn with Jesus. And I'd rather mourn with Jesus than try and mourn on my own and then be like, okay, God, I'm better. Now let's go on to the next thing. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Well, I'll never forget being in Charlotte in 2019. And ironically, I was visiting Elevation and um, that's a story for another day. You and I were out to dinner and your phone rings and you didn't recognize the number, but she didn't, um, the person that was calling didn't leave a message. A couple minutes later, they call back and you not knowing the number, but also being like this weird that they're calling back. It's a Sunday night. You're like, I'm just going to answer this. It could be somebody from my campus. Right. So lo and behold, it's actually not somebody that goes to elevation. It's a girl that's trying to get a hold of her pastor and watching you, you know, you, you stepped away to handle it for a moment, but then I actually got to listen to the way that you like shepherd, like you took over in this caring, loving pastor of like, I'm going to walk you through this. It's okay, sweetheart. Like, um, what's your name? Tell me your pastor's name. And you, and this is what I love about Like there is no competition in churches in terms of like, you're like, I'm going to help you find your pastor. That's a different church in the area. Let's get to the bottom. I'm going to make sure that you're okay. And, and I even remember hearing you like talk like value and worth into her. And I got to see you actually shepherd this girl. And if that wasn't a God thing, I don't know what would have been. It was just beautiful to see the way that you helped this girl. And I know that one of the many, many things that has equipped you for the role that you're in now is the way that you come alongside of people and the way that you just jump into life with people. You're like, I'm here, let's, you know, and then you're also really good at just giving compliments and like, and not, not building somebody up in like a trite or a fake way, but actually being like, no, this is what I see in you and calling that out. Um, not a lot of people can do that these days. So I love, that's one of the things I love about you. Mm-hmm. And a wild night, Wendy. That was, <laughs> you still remember that? I still remember that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's because it was, it was out of nowhere and it was so intense. And like, I didn't even know what was happening because this girl, she was, she was in an argument with her mom and she mm-hmm. was distraught. And I was just like, okay, God, well, here we are. Like, I don't know what to do. And then all of a sudden there's just this piece of like, it truly was the Holy Spirit being like, just talk to her. Absolutely. And I think that's the, when we're available to God outside of our career or outside of our quote ministry, Mm -hmm. if we're just like an open hands of God, use me wherever, however, and we're already in tune with his spirit, then things like that come up and you know how to respond because you're filled with the spirit and you're able to like, you're actually able to respond without stumbling over yourself or 
oh, I don't know what to do kind of thing. So I'd love to, gosh, there's so many questions. I'd love to talk a little bit about some other areas of life. Are you okay with that? Let's do it. Okay. Ready. So you're doing all this ministry work. I know that we just talked about how you've had to surrender some dreams before, but it's so neat to see that the places that God is calling you into for this season. I know when we talked a few weeks ago, we were talking about the lovely journey of singleness. <laughs> yes. Great. Do you ever still sit and wonder, like, where is God answering those other questions? I think the biggest thing is like in our thirties, people that are in their twenties or even younger than that look to people in their thirties going, Oh, they have it all figured out. Yeah. And they just, they want to be us or they want to have their life resemble ours. But being in your thirties, it's also easy to be like, I don't have it figured all out. And I am still wrestling with this stuff. So what can you speak to in terms of things that you might still be waiting on and how are you processing that? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Here's the thing. I'm just realizing and learning that we're never going to fully arrive. There's always going to be something that we are waiting on the Lord for. Like for me right now, I think the biggest thing has been like, okay, God, like you mentioned earlier, like I am in my thirties. I am, you know, pastoring people, I'm mentoring, but I'm still single. And I'm like, God, how am I doing this all by myself? Like, Uh, this is a lot, but also like, Lord, I always had the desire to be a wife and, you know, have a companion to be a mom. And so in this waiting season, it's like, you have the joys of like, wow, God, you're doing so much in this area of my life. But then there's still the sorrow of like, okay, God, but then also on this area of my life, that is really dear to my heart. I'm still not, I'm not seeing the fruit. I'm not seeing any fruition from it. And so there's one I've, I've had to realize that there's always going to be an area though, that I'm, that I'm still going to be waiting on the Lord for. Mm-hmm. And that's, okay. I think it's honestly just having to come to this realization of like, God, I have to, once again, inviting you into it, inviting him into it, but then also being like, okay, God, there's a reason there's mm-hmm. something that you're doing in this season. Like, it's funny because I was just talking to a friend the other day because there was a, um, there's actually a gentleman that was pursuing, like we were dating, whatnot, going back and forth and it never worked out. But I remember on one date, he was like, Hey, you know, I, and this was before I was ordained. This was like a year and a half ago. He's like, Hey, I, you know, church is great. I'm a part of a church. I want to, you know, help financially, but I don't see myself pastoring. I don't see myself building the church. And I was just like, okay, yeah, me neither. I'm probably going to like, you know, be on staff at a church for a little bit longer and then step out to the next thing. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's me. Here we are. Yep. And although I was devastated, like I was so sad when that relationship ended. And I was like, mm-hmm. God, I don't understand. Why are you forsaking me? What is happening? What am I doing wrong? Why am I being rejected? Like, you know, you know, the rabbit hole that you go down. Now to look back a year later and to see, the things that God is doing in my life now, I'm going, oh, God, that was your hand. That was your hand guiding me, even when it was painful. And so if you're guiding me, even when it's painful, even when I don't understand, instead of leaning on my understanding of what I see in front of me, I have to trust that if you're going to be good in this area of me getting to 
you know, really walk in the calling of being a pastor and getting to pour out into people, then I have to also believe that you are good in this spot too. Mm-hmm. I can't see it. And that's where our faith gets worked out. Like it talks about in James, you know, how our perseverance is what builds our character. And it's in these places of tension of like, God, I don't understand what is happening in the process. Mm -hmm. Where God's like, hey, I'm also working out your character so that when you do arrive at this place, so that when I do bless you, you are able to sustain. You are able Mm -hmm. to actually be there. So I'm like, okay, God, that means then you're working on me and my heart right now for that season. Cause I do believe you have someone for me or that season for me. And so I'm like, okay, God, what are you doing now? What are you doing in me now? So that I can be prepared for that next season. And so instead of waiting, I'm like, God, I want to be an active participant mm-hmm. in the ways that you are building me up right now. I don't want to be a bystander where I just look back and they go, Oh, and I'm not going to know everything. Yeah. It's being aware and continuing to seek the Lord. Is it hard? Yes. Have there been moments where I'm like, God, I'm frustrated right now. I'm really sad and I don't understand. Yes. But like inviting him into that honesty once again, but also still believing that in this too, like he is doing something because Mm -hmm. I want, I want my marriage. I want my relationship to be out of an overflow of what God's doing in our lives. And I also want it to be something that will also be able to minister to the people around me. In this season right now, in this seat that I'm in over at our South End location, we have a lot of women, especially who are single, who are in their early and mid-20s. I mean, because let's be real. What does dating look like? What does marriage look like in the 20s as a Christian? There's a lot that we can talk about from a marriage standpoint and and resources, but what about from a dating standpoint? Hmm. I'm like, man, God, okay, maybe you are equipping me and helping me to be an example to the women that are coming behind me as we're also bettering my character so that there are, it's not just my marriage and my relationship that is getting stronger, but the ones to come as well. Wow. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. Because if you think that God... You know, it's not just our little story. Like God works all things together for good. So we can count on that. And you're talking and I'm thinking about even David from the Psalms, like half, if not majority of the Psalms are him, like his laments towards God and even complaints. Mm -hmm. But then every single Psalm, he turns back to say, but I will choose to praise you, but I will choose to trust you, but you are my everything. And as we trust God and we know that a lot of this stuff, I mean, I look back knowing that God redeems every single part of our stories. I think a lot of what he chooses to do in and through us is he uses things that we've been through so that we could potentially grow and shepherd and encourage others that go through it 10 years after, or five years after, or even two years after we've been through. And if we're open and receptive enough to how the Holy Spirit wants to use us, then we can actually be like, all right, well, this is what I went through and actually encourage people that are younger than us. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. I just realized like God is a God of process. And so it's always going to be a process that's happening in this. Like I'm we are always going to be in process. 
And so with that, being in process is like our faith is constantly being in process. There's never going to be this mold of like, oh, okay, my faith is complete. And that's, I don't think that's going to happen until Jesus comes back. There's always going to be a setting and then a breaking and a setting and a break. And if that's not happening in my faith, then I'm not, I'm not seeking the Lord. Right. Because like, as I am seeking God in these challenges, in the tension, in the waiting room, there is a breaking of my faith because God's taking me deeper to have my faith set in a deeper level. And then you're going to run up against something else where your faith broken. And then it's set again at a deeper level. It's this constant evolving and constant growth of our faith. And it happens in this like, Oh Lord, I don't understand. Like, God, this is really, really. Mm-hmm. I was actually reading first Corinthians, even where it says like, you know, there are things that are good, but it's, but not everything is permissible because of the season that we're in. Like, yeah. Something can be good for you, but if it's not in the right season and the right time, then it actually isn't good for you. Totally. Because of God being the God of process. Wow. That's so good. So any tips that you would give to somebody who's in a transition or waiting on their dream job or, you know, how do you thrive? Like, do you just find stuff that's fulfilling and throw yourself into that? Or do you have any tips that you like to share about thriving while you're in in between places? Yeah, for me, I mean, I can just share from my experience and from the, the seasons that I've been in. What I have seen and what has really helped me is one, inviting other people into the process. We are never meant to live life alone. And it's actually funny, uh, Pastor Holly Furtick, she actually just preached a sermon about community and relationships this last week. And the two things that really stuck out for me from that sermon was check your connection with God and your connection with people. And so that's always the thing. Like, how is your relationship with God going? Are you inviting him in to the tension? Are you inviting him in to the spaces of like, God, I, I, I'm sitting here and I've been expecting and anticipating and I'm frustrated and I'm sad, but like just being honest is first and foremost, but then also having people in your life who you can trust. Now, don't go off like telling every single person, huh, oh, this is what I'm struggling with, which is easy to do. But to don't have- post it on Instagram. Oh yeah, please. No, do not post it on Instagram. Do not post it on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but to have like, I mean, I think about Jesus. Jesus had his disciples, but then he also had his crew. But then mm-hmm. he had John the beloved being like, Jesus loved me more than everyone else because mm-hmm he got to like be up close and personal with Jesus. Yeah. So who are the people in your life who, one, when you're having a hard day and you're frustrated, are going to continue to point you back to Jesus, continue to point you back to the better word. But then two, who are going to hold you accountable of, hey, what are the things in your control that you actually can take advantage of, can step into, can do? Because I think sometimes we get in this waiting room and then all of a sudden we're like, well, I guess I can't do anything because God's not doing anything. It's like, maybe God's just asking you to take a step. Sometimes mm-hmm. we want the whole thing. We want the whole piece of the pie. We want everything right here and now. And God's like, I just need you to be faithful with what I've given you now. So that once again, building up your character so you can take that next step. And then you take a step after that. 
So when you get into these moments of like, God, where are you? I'm frustrated, whatnot. It's okay to be there. But to continue to invite people in who are going to, I say, clear the path and point you back to Jesus. Mm. So honesty, honesty with the Lord, inviting him in and inviting people into the journey with you, I think is honestly like the best way to really take steps in waiting well. Yeah, because waiting well is, it's hard. It's actually, people are like, well, I don't understand working while you wait. If we just curled up on the couch and ate bonbons and watched Netflix all night, you know, it's like to be an active participant in what God is doing, I think is part of the process of like living in the present moment with him. Yes, because, and I mean, I am guilty of this. I'm very futuristic minded. So I will easily just be like, okay, that is what I'm gunning for. And then miss everything that's happening around Mm -hmm. me. So focus on what's ahead. And then a month or two later, I look around and I go, what has happened? Where's my life gone? Like, what have I been doing? And Lord's like, yeah, you've been so focused on getting to it that you've missed this. Hmm. Doing in the here and now. Yes. People that I've have crossed your path now. And so I never want to miss what God's doing here because he's already got the future set. The story's already been written. We are living at the story of our lives that God has already written for us. And so we don't have to be fixated on the future. God's called us to be fixated, like what's happening here. And really, once again, trusting that he's already got it worked out. Absolutely. So I was going to ask you what dreams you've been talking to God about lately, which, so let's, let's rephrase this rather than thinking future five, 10 years down the line, talk about this new position that you're in and what dreams God is awakening within you as you're stepping into this. Like, what are things that you're excited about? Man, it's, I'm still processing (laughs) all of it. Like, I'm like, wait, I got her, I got her dang a week ago. I'm officially a pastor. Okay. Got it. Um, Just because it's something that God has always shown me, like when, ever since I was a young girl, like he was going to do something uh, extravagant through my life. And actually when I was at Passion and when Beth Moore prophesied over me, she said the exact same. Like I had multiple people in like that mm-hmm. year and a half span who were prophesying the same thing of like, God has something really beautiful for you in your future. And I was just like, what does that mean? And so it's wild now to be on the other side of it and to see it unfold. And I think right now in this specific season that I'm in, of getting to build a community in the South End area is really getting to help. I kind of touched on it earlier, getting to help this new generation. So Uptown is a big finance hub. I mean, we have Wells Fargo, Bank of America, Chase, like all these banking finance firms up here. Yeah. So we have a lot of college students who have graduated and now are and transitioning into life as adults, trying to figure out, okay, what does it look like to follow Jesus, but also to be successful? Mm. How do I continue to follow God, but then not get caught up in the rat race and not get caught up in what the world says about, or what culture says about dating and culture says about this and that, but continue to follow the straight and narrow. And so what I, the dreams and the, the things that are bubbling up in my heart are, how do I continue to help this new generation, this new group of people who are walking in, like 
eyes wide open, just like, okay, God, what does it look like to serve you and to know you, to know who you are, not to fear like, oh, well, this, not to just live in the, okay, this is what, you know, I was raised in and this is what I was told about God, but to understand who God is for themselves um, and to see Jesus. And so my big dream right now is, yeah, just helping to like raise this new generation to be the big sis, essentially. And let me help, help me help, like, let me help walk alongside of you. This isn't easy. Like my brother just graduated from college a few years ago and now he's out working and he's about to get married. And he calls me and he's like, uh, this adult thing is no joke. I'm like, yeah, I know. And so just being a few, well, seven years ahead of him, I'm like, hey, here are the things that I'm learning. And it doesn't feel like a chore. It feels like out of an overflow of what, of what God has done in my mm-hmm. life, taught me. And so that's the big dream is like yeah. helping, helping this new generation really see who they are and helping them see who Jesus is. And then the, the, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot of dreams, but I think like the most recent one too, that has really been signified with my ordination and just this confirmation of the call in my life is, I mean, I grew up in church and I grew up seeing ministry as one way. And like, I always grew up going to church, having a male pastor. And now I'm like, God is just showing me like, Hey, you can be effective for the ministry of God in the uniqueness of you. Mm -hmm. You don't have to dress yourself up in something that is not you. It's kind of like David, right? Where he was about to go into battle against Goliath and was trying to wear Saul's armor. And then he eventually had to take off Saul's armor and be like, man, I got to do this myself, you know? And everyone, imagine everyone watching this go down going, what is this little boy who should be, you know, bringing food for his big brothers? What is this guy doing? Yet he's the one that saves his people. Mm. I think sometimes, especially now with influences from social media and everything that we see around us, we have this expectation that it has to look this way in order for God to use me. I have to look this way in order for God Mm. to use me. Like stepping into a campus pastor role and being surrounded with a lot of men, I'm like, oh man, okay, now I need to be like one of the boys. And that's like, nope, I have called you to be you in the uniqueness Mm -hmm. of you and to bring freedom in the way that I've called you to bring it. And that's what I love about the gospel is that what I love about Jesus is not this mold that you have to force yourself into. It is this thing where Jesus is like, hey, I'm transforming you from the inside out through the kingdom yeah, and through your experiences, through your story, through your heartache, through the ups and downs. I am using that to set other people free. And so... Instead of having to put on Saul's armor, what does it look like to fight? And what does it look like to lead with your slingshot and with your stone mm-hmm. and with the talents and gifting that God's called you to instead of trying to be something that you're not? Yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful. For those that are listening, I would actually take literally what you just said and apply that to your own life. So what Esther just shared about like, the uniqueness that we're all created in and look at the example of David and look at what Esther's doing right now. And as you are transitioning through your own life 
and asking questions, God, what are you calling me to next? Remember you were created like individually and uniquely as you, and nobody else has your giftings. Nobody else has your calling. Nobody else has the journey like laid out for them that God has for you. And Esther, you're a beautiful example of that. (laughs) I am. Yeah. It's amazing. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Well, as we wrap up last, but not least, I do have to ask you what place are you between and what are you looking forward to? I think the place that I'm in right now is I'm in a place where I just left a place of familiarity. I left a role of familiarity and now I'm stepping into new and I'm stepping into unknown with this new season of being ordained and being a pastor and getting to have a, a new seat. And so with that, it's the, I'm in the in-between place of being the new kid on the block and also wanting to still feel like, you know, I've got it all figured out and I'm a pro mm-hmm. and being a veteran and being like, Oh, well kids, let me tell you what it's like to be a pastor. I'm like, I don't know. I've only been doing this for a week now. So <laughs> yeah. 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 So I think the in-between place I am, I'm in is the new season and how to live in this new season well and how to, you know, not of course, like continue to live in it, but also not, not let the new season, I guess, dictate my perspective or my focus on where I'm going next or to look at that future of like, okay, in six years, I'm going to be married, I'm going to be mom, I'm going to be all these things. But to continue to put my head down and be in the, the here and now. Be excited about the future, but being the here and now. So, Absolutely. Well, I fully believe that you, as a female campus pastor who happens to be a beautiful Black queen, you are called to serve for such a time as now. And I think it is just the beginning of the things that you are going to get to see the Lord do in and through you. And It's fun to see God's faithfulness over your journey. So thank you for joining us today. Thank you for letting me um, be a part of your life. And um, just thank you for sharing your words of wisdom. Yes. Thank you for having me. Always love our time together and our conversation. It's always so, so deep and I always leave so refreshed. So thank you. I'm over here cheering you on, friend. You just finished another episode of the Places Between podcast. If you want to access more, be sure to subscribe or visit theplacesbetween.com to learn more about our guests, episode sponsors, upcoming retreats, and more. Like Stay in the Story, a 25-day devotional all about staying in your story while you wait on your dreams, on God, and on life to come to fruition. And lastly, if you're looking for an online community of people who also want to transition well, then come say hi over on Instagram at The Places Between. As always, thanks for taking time to dive into The Places Between. Until next time, keep enjoying that journey.